Springfield has many print newspapers in circulation, including the Springfield News Leader, Daily Events, Springfield Business Journal, and the less circulated, a newspaper from Springfield by a podcast from Springfield, right here in Springfield. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammond's Towers in Springfield, Mill, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. My name is Andy Carr. And my name is Dan Howell. And if our listeners only knew how, how bad that just sounded, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to make it sound just beautiful in post. But boy, that was embarrassing. Yeah, technical difficulties right up top. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe the worst it's ever been, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't great. But recovered pretty quick. Uh-huh. Anyway, at least the fact was good and true. And at least we don't have like a <laughs> guest here. Uh-huh. We just met. Yeah. Our first uh, new like first timer guest uh, since March. Uh-huh. I, di- I didn't bring a notebook. So you're safe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's somewhat better than that normally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, I am Amos Bridges. I'm the editor at the Springfield News Leader and a sort of amateur Reddit user. I sure. think how I got hooked up with you guys. One of the only dorks on there that uses their <laughs> real name, I think. <laughs> but I'm also a, a longtime Springfield Cashew Chicken fan and happy to come on and talk about that a little bit later. I'm originally from Springfield, the Nixa area, and I've been at the Newsleader for a little over 16 years now. Oh, wow. Came back, started as an intern, and then they kept throwing jobs at me. I've kind of run the gamut. You've run the gamut. Wow, great contribution, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I don't. I don't run Gannett. No. Uh, I, I, did, I didn't even say it. I right. get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I, I take orders uh, there for the most part. Anyway, I, I started as kind of a cops and courts reporter. Spent a lot of years writing about city hall. Then was a columnist for a bit before moving into editing, and and I've really enjoyed that. We got a, a great team, and it's always something new every day. Yeah, that's awesome. I've read so, so many newsletter articles of the last two years doing this sh- show, and oh, I'm yeah. so appreciative of the work that everyone has done there over the years. Of course, I'm reading mostly you know frivolous stories about restaurants, sure. but I don't really think those stories were as fr- frivolous as I previously thought they were. Uh, when we started doing this, yeah, I mean, lo- local news—that that's the uh, the basis for uh, every single bit of news you hear, no mm-hmm. matter what source you get it from. It probably came originally from a local newspaper, so it's a very yeah. noble thing you guys do. Well, the great thing is that you can go from one day writing frivolous stories about <laughs> cashew chicken or, or whatever it happens to be, and then the next day you're writing about you know city finances or crime and things like that so i guess the point was i was making is i don't really believe that those stories are frivolous anymore whenever we started the podcast i wasn't that interested in the history of the histories of the restaurants but we just figured if we were going to talk about these people's food we probably should like talk about the people making them too and now i just i love those people's stories i think it's really fun that's kind of an intersection of two topics that we have found to be really popular in this area i mean people are really into their restaurants and they're also really into local history and so we do a lot with both of those topics, and then you have these sort of happy accidents where you get to write about both. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to it in a second, but couldn't find a single thing about Happy China anywhere, <laughs> the restaurant we're going to talk about today, which rarely happens. There's only, just I would say this is episode 105. There's probably been like, what do you think, four or five where I just couldn't find anything? Yeah, yeah I was going to say but like 5%. That, that's one of those today. I, I'll present everything that I found a little bit uh, later. 
but we picked it. How did it come up that you were really into gas station food, Amos? I don't remember how it came up. I've taken heat for that from folks at work and especially my wife for years because I used to sing the praises of a couple different places that were really close to the news leader. There was the gas station there at Chestnut and Benton. It was like Autotronics. Yes. And they had the Ozark Mountain oh, Popcorn. Oh, yes, the popcorn gas station. Yeah. Absolutely. And they had some really good food, which is counterintuitive maybe, but they had some of the best meatloaf I've ever had in my life that I actually Whoa. got. They had it on Thursdays. I actually got turned on to it by the former Greene County prosecutor told me, you know, I ran into him one day as I was leaving and he was going in and he's like, yeah. Did you get the meatloaf? In the neighborhood. Like, you're crazy. I'm not going to buy meatloaf at a gas station. <laughs> Thursday gas station uh, meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. They had uh, broccoli and cheese casserole, you know, that was great. So I was I was very sad when Drury bought that property and they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually have the, they gave me the recipe. Oh, wow. For the meatloaf, which I haven't tried yet because I'm kind of the sole meat eater at my house. Sure. And so if I make something like that, I'm going to be eating meatloaf for uh-huh. a month. <laughs> oh, no, you that can't sounds make a horrible. A small quantity <laughs> is, the, is the big problem. You, you know, they need to make tiny meatloaf pans, single serving <laughs> meatloaf. Maybe you slide it in the toaster. They do, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. There's the, that new place down like Pickwick and Cherry, um, Culture Counter. Yeah, oh, maybe sure. We, Absolutely. We reviewed them on a episode for subscribers a couple weeks ago. Because they have a pork meatloaf on their menu. I tried I, their meatloaf. It, uh, it was really tasty and uh, had like a texture of like, I, don't, I mean, I was about to say foie gras, but I have never had foie gras, <laughs> nor will I ever have it. Well, that, uh, but it was very just soft and smooth, so good. It's really good. that that like makes me really hopeful because I had a grandma who made a pork meatloaf that was just like barbecued ribs without the bones. Yeah, oh, I, I don't get it. I like ground pork. I I feel like that that like reads as like rubbery to me or like uh i don't know i don't know how you get like pork that smooth but man i'm t- ooh. well she she had it. she had to get hers it was actually ground ham that she would get Whoa. at harder house so i don't know if they do something similar that sounds awesome you get the pork that smooth you like you find the pigs with the leather jackets mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> so stupid yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dan, you like gas station stuff too. Wow, that's a sort of a bold characterization of me. No, it's not. You've it, said it's it out absolutely loud many true. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a dirty little rat when it comes to <laughs> loving gas station food. You brought up that we were going to be talking about gas station food, and then Amos like brought up a delicious meatloaf and casserole from <laughs> like one. I was thinking like griller, like roller items that uh. Uh, like the tornadoes. Yeah, I'm not above that either. I mean, you know, working at a newspaper, a lot of t- you spend a lot of meals in your car or trying to grab sure. something really quickly on your way back from a council meeting. Come and Go has those like hash brown sticks. Oh, that, I've never had these. <laughs> oh yeah, the, I'll stop and get breakfast every once in a while. But that uh, yeah, they have they're just sort of little potato tubes. But what makes them a little bit different? It tastes like they fry them with the onion rings. Oh, Ooh, so okay. it picks up a little bit of that like onion that. taste. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely no stranger to gas station food. I've had a few hot, gas station hot dogs. Uh, the those tornadoes, their taquitos. Those are my primary like after concert meal. If oh, especially yeah. if there's not like a 
you know, drive through fast food mm-hmm. open anywhere near. Definitely stop into a come and go or a Phillips 66 and grab a couple of those and really yeah. regret that almost immediately. Yeah. Especially if you're driving home from St. Louis or something. Nothing like a gas station taquito before a three and a half hour car oh, ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you're describing <laughs> one in general, but I know that this has happened more than one time, <laughs> even with you. It's probably uh, safer than White Castle, though. Ooh uh, man, that's, that's the if that's the other one for me. Honestly, if I'm in St. Louis, it's probably not going to be a gas station taquito. It's going to be White Castle because I don't know. I guess you'd call me. Uh, is it a mat- masochist that likes sure. to be punished? Yes, that, that uh, likes their body to hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of that. Also, love a gas station egg roll. Right, nice huh. crispy gas station egg roll. Real good stuff. I can only think of one gas station with an egg roll in Springfield, Dan, and it's not even really part of the gas station. It's just a restaurant in the same building as the gas station. That's Happy China, the restaurant we're here to talk about today. Oh, well, you obviously haven't been looking hard enough because you can find a ga- uh, an egg roll. You just blew the second Dang near every gas just, station in America. You just tanked it. <laughs> Straight down into the dirt. I'm sorry. I mean, what, you're like... Where did we stop at, start at like the top of the blade of grass and then we tanked into the dirt? <laughs> I'm just saying, we, you know, we're not like <laughs> whatever. I'm going to talk just a little bit about the history of Happy China, what I could find, please. So when the Battlefield Eagle Stop at 820 East Battlefield opened in the fall of 2005, it was Springfield's first British Petroleum BP gas station. The building featured a restaurant space on its west side, and originally the owners said they intended to lease it to a fast food proprietor. However, in 2007, the space was leased by a new medium-speed Chinese restaurant called Happy China, owned by a local woman named Mei Rudong. And that is all I could find about Happy China. Wow. However, I did have some observations and some thoughts that I want to share before we get into the review. I, I actually had been to that Eagle Stop huh. before. Uh, whenever I heard that they were serving British Petroleum, I, I went and got some crisps. <laughs> Yeesh. Some Lay's Original Crisps. Okay, in 2007, <laughs> the entrance to Happy China stood a mere 837 feet from the entrance to Lee Kuan Lu's legendary Chinese double drive through Cashew Station. Oh, You've yes. been there? It's been a while, but yes. Okay. Uh, we covered Cashew Station on the show in June of 2019, and it is still somewhat inexplicably our third most popular episode. <laughs> Was number one for a while, wow. but uh, Jay Perino's overtook it. Probably due recently. to our fantastic guest, Katie Still, Absolutely. that appeared on that Cashew Station episode. Now, I mention this because in the summer of 2009, just two years after Happy China had opened, in a location between Cashew Station and Happy China, the Tan family of Five Space and Ocean Zen fame opened Yum Yum Bowl, mm-hmm. a third takeout-style cheap Chinese restaurant. All three establishments continue to thrive, or at least survive, today. Now, I had some time in my hands this week. have a lot of time in my hands every week, every mm-hmm. single day. Somebody help. Uh, <laughs> and I did some research and calculations, and I can officially confirm that what we have here on East Battlefield between Maryland and Jefferson is the highest concentration of Chinese restaurants in the city of Springfield. Wow within the dimensions of a city block. And I think that this area needs an official name. So I came up with a few, and I'm going to present them to you. Please. Two gentlemen and our listeners right now. Uh, Cashew Corner. Pretty basic, okay. right? Yeah. Cashew Alley. It's not an alley. Not neither no. is, it a, a corner, neither yeah. is it a corner yeah. either. Uh, Cashew Boulevard. 
Just stick it with we're cashew. There. Damn. We're getting there. Yeah. The Boulevard of Cashew Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Those are all fine. Maybe kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Cute. They're definitely not clever because nothing on the show is ever clever. <laughs> Our reviews definitely confirm that. Uh, do you ever read your reviews, Amos? Do you get reviews? I, I try not to. I, I get direct emails. Mm. And- Ooh. We read ours. <laughs> and then we talk about them on the show. Would not recommend. <laughs> uh, none of those names are, are quite good enough. They don't quite fit, but I think I've got one. I think the city of Springfield should officially declare this stretch of road. Happy Family Avenue. Happy Family is the name of a stir-fry dish often served at Chinese restaurants, the defining characteristic of which is the presence of red meat, white meat, and seafood. Three different but complementary animal proteins, all peacefully coexisting in the same bowl, just as three similar but distinct Chinese restaurants exist together on Springfield, Missouri's newly christened Happy Family Avenue. (laughs) All right. I, I like it. Could be worse. The point is... Bunch of Chinese restaurants right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's pretty happy about that. No, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely yeah. took in like an hour looking at Google Maps trying to <laughs> see if there were other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember 12 or 15 years ago trying to figure out just how many Chinese restaurants we had in town. And mm-hmm. we sort of gave up looking through the phone book at the time. And uh-huh. it was like, well, we've got about as many as we have churches. Yes. Do you remember what number that. we came to? Because we also, well, I think Andy mostly went on this adventure as well. Right. We have a document that has all the locally owned restaurants in town, though it is somewhat amorphous because Mm -hmm. so many restaurants open and close every month, especially right now. And it's not including any like places owned that are franchises. Right. I I guess there's not that many Chinese franchises in town. Panda Express is yep. the one I can think yep, of. That's the one. Uh, we do have a Lucky House opening soon, which I guess technically is a franchise from Rolla's Lucky House. Oh, well. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Happy China. Anybody else been there prior to your visits this week? I had not been there before. Okay. I had absolutely been there, but couldn't really remember anything about it. I, I, I know that I've been there before, though. Yeah, I, I'd known of it as the Chinese restaurant in the gas station. Mm-hmm. I'd heard about it for years, and then I was hanging out with this couple that lived close by. I would often like bring it over there just because it was convenient. And I, it was never a place that I would go just for the food. Like There was nothing there that I really craved, with maybe one exception that I'll get into. It was mostly just a place I would go when I was going to hang out with a specific group of people. So what I'm saying is I had no particular attachment to this place, despite sure. the fact that I'd been there a few times before. I guess let's jump into the food. Um, let's do it. You can't really go in right now. We, I don't know why I said you can't really go in. You straight you can't up can't go, go in, yeah. in because they built a takeout window in front, which is really cool. The, yeah, this is something that. I've seen a couple places do where they've just retrofitted their actual front door into a window with like a little ledge there. And I, I really like it. I say every place does it. Mm-hmm. I guess we might as well mention that uh, I don't think we're going to be doing sit-down restaurants for a while. We kind of made the call last week that yeah. we're going to go back to only doing takeout pickup. Yeah. <laughs> Seems yeah. responsible. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whenever you walk in, it's not like an impressive interior or anything like that. Anyway, it has the exact same like lighting and sort of aesthetic or lack thereof as the Eagle Stop inside minus the colors, just like tile floor and, you know, kind of kind of bright overlit. They've got the pictures of the food, as a lot of Chinese places mm-hmm. do, but they've just uh, put them on the outside windows yeah. now. So you kind of got that menu wall that you would normally have inside. Those have always been there. Whoa. Yeah. So they were ready. Yeah. And I can tell you that 
those don't always match what shows up well, on, the, yeah, that's, on the play. That is <laughs> Just absolutely the, the funnest yeah, part of it. Often the case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with uh, appetizers, soup, stuff mm, like that boy. before we jump into the various entrees that we tried. Anybody have the crab rangoons? Absolutely. Oh, boy. Did you get some? I purchased some, but my daughter ate them all. Oh, wow. no. So, discerning daughter, though. What did well, she think of them? She devoured them. I mean, she's four. Mm. Crab rangoons are probably one of her top three foods. And so they were gone without comment. <laughs> I, I've always thought to myself, Dan, you have the taste of a four-year-old. <laughs> because I agree. One thing that's pretty great about these crab rangoons before we get into the actual flavor is the fact that you get a bunch of them in an eight. order. It's eight. An eight pack, and it's a sleeve of them. I ordered the appetizer sampler. Oh, so oh. it had two, also tried that. two of those and then several other things. Yeah, okay. So your daughter only had two. When you said she ate all the crab rangoons, like she ate eight <laughs> crab rangoon? Yeah, I, I don't want to downplay her capabilities. <laughs> Because Not saying she could. She could, she certainly could, but on this particular evening, she had this you know make do with just two. Well, I really liked the crab rangoons. Yeah. I I thought that they had a uh, nice uh, soft bottom, but like a crispy outer edge, kind of like Andy and I. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a real uh, rich white filling. No like uh, no real specks of crab in there. No, no green. No real texture. Nice and creamy. Super sweet as far as crab rangoons go. No, no like sour notes, but uh, Absolutely. I really liked them. It was a very desserty crab rangoon. Mm-hmm. Had real thin wonton skin compared to a lot of the other crab rangoon that we've tried. We've tried like, what do you think? Like 20 of these places. I'd say too point. many. Too Enough many. to knock a good year off our uh-huh. life expectancy. It's a nice, real nice crunch to the edges. Very sweet. No crab. No no imitation crab from what I could tell. I think I've come to really respect that. I would rather have no crab, just a sweet cream cheese filling than to have the imitation crab. Thoughts? I would tend to agree there. Yeah. Do you have a go-to crab rangoon? Yeah, and I guess I'm pretty traditional and old school with my you know, Springfield style cashew chicken and sure. which I, Springfield style Chinese food. I sort of separate out from the traditional. Oh yeah. Go. Oh, absolutely. I stick with places that have sort of the Leong's DNA, Hong Kong in Canton in the rickshaw places mm. like that, where, you know, those owners started working with Leong kind of got the recipes that way. Yeah. Started their own places. That's kind of how I judge. And they, and they tend, most of those places tend to have the larger crab rangoon, Yes. Tend to be not as sweet. I don't really know any place that still actually puts crab in them. That tends to be sort of my go-to. And then there seems to be a distinctly different style of crab rangoon that you find at the more traditional kind of fast food Chinese places uh-huh. where they're smaller, sweeter, mm. that sort of thing. And, and Happy China fell pretty solidly in that category for yeah. me. I think we've got a... This is like a food service crab rangoon. I don't think they're wrapping them up here on their own. There's there's a few places still around that'll do their own. We talk about Shanghai Inn all the time. Sure. I'm not even a huge fan of their crab rangoon there, but they definitely make them by hand, and I really respect that a lot. But I think there's like four or five different food service places, and each of them has a different style. And at this point, we probably should be able to... If, oh, if absolutely. We should be yeah. able to say, this is a Cisco, this is a GSC. Right, <laughs> right. We should start doing some stakeout, like early morning uh, the watching <laughs> of the restaurants to oh. uh, to see their delivery truck. I've definitely, I definitely noticed you, you them. You have seen them, yeah. I definitely noticed them when I'm out driving around right now. I was like, oh, this place uses this, this service. But no, some of them use multiple mm-hmm. services, too. But 
Anyway, these are pretty good. Whenever you get those food service ones, you can also cook it wrong and not fry it long enough to fry it for too long because there's sure. still, you know, right. technique involved. And I feel like they did a pretty good job with these crab rangoon here. How about egg rolls? Anybody try an egg roll? I had a roasted pork egg roll. Mm-hmm. Thought it was good. Nice crunch. Uh, we'll get to another pork product later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think it had the same porkiness yeah. as that uh but o- overall real good real good crunch that's all i'm really looking for in a egg roll anymore mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if i had one or not in sort of the mass of <laughs> sure. fried yes. stuff but a couple of the other things in that appetizer sampler uh, you know you got a couple of the asian chicken wings mm-hmm. um, and oh, those yeah. were both good i mean they were big and well cooked i was interested to try the crab sticks yes it's part of the reason why i got that mm-hmm. and was kind of disappointed i mean it was essentially like a stick of imitation crab uh-huh. covered in breading that was too thick. I mean, it was just... Oh, I saw those on the menu. I didn't even think about them being breaded. Yeah. They're, they're so th- they're so fat. It's it's weird. It's kind of a bar snack. I, it's almost like if you buried a tube of imitation crab in like an extra thick churro. Uh-huh. Oh, that's oh, such a great... Yeah, okay. it is like a churro. You're right. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. that's strange like for a savory breading. churro. Mm. Yeah. I, I didn't dislike it, but it was not what I expected at all. Right. I was hoping to be sort of wow. You know, it's something I hadn't seen on a menu before, so I tried it, and it was just like, wow, that's a lot of breading uh-huh. and a lot of imitation crab. And they had the, uh, the fried baby shrimp in that same appetizer platter. Yeah. And that was like a much better version of that sort of fried seafood item, I felt like, because they right. are really small, and it's still like a stick somehow, Sure, even though they're, it's a much smaller stick than the crab <laughs> stick. I Also, I, I tried that sampler as well, Amos, and I was a little disappointed that there was only one dip. It seemed like this would be a... It's, this whole thing would have been a lot nicer if we had multiple dips to deal with, and it was just like a big thing of sweet and sour sauce. Oh, yeah. The sweet, uh, I'm not, yeah. Not enough. Need something else. Right. At least give me that like uh, that thin brown, really salty, uh, not soy sauce, but uh, maybe maybe it's uh, tamari. Tamari, it, it might yeah, be yeah, tamari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're actually talking about. That's <laughs> what you get, get, give you at a Thai Express with everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. What What about those chicken wings, though? I I'm such a big fan of chicken wings at a Chinese restaurant. I think they're consistently done right. I also got an order of them that came with eight, and I split them with my girlfriend, but so big and almost like a KFC level of like extra crispy, really great breading on there. I, I really love yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of the best things that, that we had. They also that, have barbecue had. chicken wings and I, I haven't, I didn't try those, but that sounds awesome if they're the same wings. The, those fried chicken wings had some kind of it wasn't a breadcrumb bread breading or a panko breading, but it was something mm-hmm. like that. They weren't breaded like chicken wings normally are. They were like heavily breaded in the same way that the crab sticks and the uh, the seafood items were. A lot of breading on them, which it I was thought was really tasty. Almost like a uh, like a cornflake breading. It wasn't mm. cornflakes, yeah. like very clearly, but it was all like flaky like that. It's just really good. Yeah, they seemed they seemed like there was a little bit more effort involved in preparing the uh, the chicken wings than there were with the other things, which I'm pretty sure you just drop into the fryer and. Right. I don't know what I expected. I think the the crab stick I didn't expect it to be a big fried thing, and you don't really expect the uh, chicken wings to be breaded either. So whenever you take the top off of that <laughs> container, it's just all golden brown stuff. I was like, <laughs> oh, what have I done? Acid reflux tonight, I guess. Uh, but anyway, the, the combos here come with soups, which oh, I no, feel like I, isn't I, that yeah, common. I didn't have any soup. 
I tried the hot and sour and the egg drop soup. Wasn't too into either one of them. W- wish I'd have liked them more. Right. Yeah. I my my wife is a big hot and sour fan, so I got some of that for her. You know, we always order it without meat, mm-hmm. which is usually they just fish the chicken out of yeah, it, sure. um, which is fine. You know, she she lives with that. She's sort of vegetarian, yeah, uh, sure, uh, pescatarian, I guess. Yeah. She was kind of eh with it. You know, it was it just it needed a little bit more spice, a yep. little bit more, sure. you know, a little more hot, a little more sour. And then I ordered the chicken and rice because I think I'm always too hopeful, you know, thinking that I'm going <laughs> to sure. end up with something like Thai Express's, uh-huh. uh, you know, chicken and rice, which I have tried to make and the gold standard can't get close. And this was just a whole bunch of leftover rice in chicken broth mm. with a little bit of chicken. Sure. Those two, not anything that I would order again. Yeah. Probably. A lot heartier. There's a lot. There's a lot more ingredients in both of these soups than you usually get. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. The the egg drop soup had huge those huge like rectangular noodles just like floating up oh, there, not really? chopped up or anything. Don't even think about the noodle. Both of them were just kind of salt bombs to me. Like hot and sour soup, you really expect some heat to it or some spiciness. Right. It just isn't really any. It wasn't even that much sour to it. But the, the taste of those two soups, which I tried on different nights, so I didn't get try them, you know, side by side, sure. but. They were weirdly similar, even though the hot and sour soup definitely had that reddish color that the egg drop soup didn't. I don't know. It's kind of cool that you get a big portion, and I feel like you could make a you you could get like a nice lunch out of the soup. Like that's a plus is that there's there's a lot in them is like meat and vegetables and noodles in the egg drop soup. So that's a nice that's a nice uh, sure part of it is that you could just get an order of that and that could be your meal. Yeah, but so. weird that it comes with a combo and is still such like a hearty yeah. soup. Like you would expect it to be a little less involved if it's like something tacked on yeah. there. But and I wonder if it's a situation where if you're eating in the restaurant, you wouldn't get a cup that was so big. Sure. So I think you're they give you like a full eight ounce container whenever you order the combo to go. But who knows? Did you guys have spring rolls at all with your? I did not try platter? any spring rolls. No, I didn't order any either. That's usually something that we get. I got the spring rolls like on my lunch break uh-huh. one day, the second time I went here. Maybe it was just because I ate them basically immediately whenever I got them. Fresh, fresh or fried? Fried, fried, okay. fried. Yeah, the, just the little guys. They were so so mm-hmm. good. I mean, I definitely burned my mouth injured myself more <laughs> that masochism coming up and uh so many layers of crisp like in the actual dough and then a nice crunch from all the veggie inside a lovely just kind of oil taste i man i just really liked them also wish they would have maybe had a different sauce with them but i don't know i think it's pretty standard not to even serve spring rolls with the sauce i guess so <laughs> real good yeah, I think food service spring rolls uh, that are fried up are almost uniformly fantastic. Yeah. There's a few different places in town where it's maybe the best thing on the menu. I Maybe I just let them sit too long mm. before I try them. Because, you know, if you get a soggy one, then it's yeah. it's maybe the caps at the end are going to be crispy. But this was just uh, a real crispy ride throughout. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other apps or soups? Should we move on to those entrees? Oh, boy, this is a huge menu. I've got one of them in front of me. I would say there's something, there's probably, well, they're numbered, so I can tell you exactly how many there are. 125 items on the main menu, and they have, like, more combinations, lunch specials. That is so many options. Even though we've got three people that uh, some of us went there multiple times, we're going to do, like, we're going to talk about, like, 7% (laughs) of the the things on the menu here. (laughs) 
So let's get into it. What'd you try this week, Dan? Oh, started out with the sesame chicken. Real big fan of mm. sesame chicken. Even bigger fan of uh, cashew chicken, but I'm not eating cashew chicken for the rest of 2020 because I said it on the show. Andy challenged me, and now I'm, you know, pretty stuck to it because I can't let Andy yeah, be right. That's serious masochism. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, but sesame chicken, probably my second go-to at a Springfield-style Chinese restaurant. I really like this one. Bright orange sauce. Uh Big Wait, portion sesame chicken, bright orange sauce. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't it usually brownish or like translucent? I brown? think you know. I th- I feel like you go somewhere in between. Sometimes you'll get a like uh, Thai Express's yeah. sesame chicken is like mahogany. It, it's uh-huh. very dark. Uh, but no, this one was more on the orange side. Uh, had a real nice sweetness to it. Definitely leaned further on the sweet side what i really liked about it was the breading on the chicken which maybe you guys will get into as well kind of has the spongy breading Mm. which i i don't think i want all the time i don't it's yeah i prefer a like crispy chicken to this spongy style this reminds me of just like someplace sometimes places will only serve their sweet and sour chicken in this style of breading for some reason. Uh, but I, I I really enjoyed it. Maybe it's just because I have so much Chinese food and I never get it like that. But I don't know. It was, it was a nice little diversion. Didn't love the white rice. Uh, I normally just go for fried rice and decided I'd change it up. Got white rice. Didn't love it. Yeah. The uh, broccoli pieces with it also were like barely cooked. It just no good at all. Uh, but that's, I don't think, super uncommon like i I think you're going above and beyond to give any kind of veggies in a sesame chicken that aren't (laughs) like just going straight to the trash uh but truly yeah like loved the sweetness of the sauce loved the texture to the chicken yeah you guys are giving me looks like 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 you don't i'm I'm excited to hear your inputs on oh i didn't dislike it i'm kind of with you i much prefer the crispy style and i would say you know there's three different kinds you get the crispy you get the kind of i use the word gummy Gummy and spongy. Oh, okay. There's that, and then you get the soggy, which is like the Canton Inn style, mm-hmm. where it's feel, it's like it's never ever been crispy. Yep. At any point, <laughs> like it, it tastes leftover, not in a bad way, but it tastes like a leftover uh, fast food chicken. Canton uh, Inn, they it, make everything the day before, store it, is, just <laughs> piping hot, and then send it out in those pint containers. It does kind of <laughs> seem that way. Yeah. I've never had hotter Chinese food, but also it, it's it's always a day old. Uh, my my hierarchy is. Crispy on the top, gummy in the middle, soggy on the bottom. Sure. You know how I like it. <laughs> yeah. You're soggy uh, bottom boy. Exactly. Uh, but they all have their time and place. Now, Happy China, the chicken, and the sauces remind me so much of Panda Express. Hmm. Just they're all sweet. They're all gummy. They almost have like a puffiness, almost like a – it's not beer battered, I'm pretty sure, but it has like the puffiness of a beer battered sure. chicken, very similar to the way – Panda Express does. Panda Express is like eating candy. Like the sauce oh, yeah. is almost like melted down candy, right. and this isn't that sweet, but it's still sweet in that same kind of candy style, I think. Um, I tried General Chicken uh, twice. Mm-hmm. The reason I tried it twice is because b- both orders I did online, they have the thing where it's like mild, medium, and hot. Oh, I'm, wow. I marked hot, and it was not spicy at all. This is an ongoing thing, Amos. Trying to get spicy food is a challenge. Uh, do you like spicy food? I kind of go back and forth. Some sometimes 
you know, I want to cry while yeah. I'm eating, and then other times I'm just, eh, I'm just gonna eat this time. Sure. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the rickshaw earlier. The rickshaw has served me the spiciest food I've ever had in Springfield, and I wasn't even in that situation. I was like, "Can I get it pretty spicy, please?" And I was, I was crying and couldn't finish. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> it was okay. awesome. Love the rickshaw. We don't need to talk about that, but it's one of my someday. F- yeah. <laughs> um. This was just sweet with just the slightest bit of not even heat, but just sort of the spiciness that you get from that general chicken flavor. And so I did go three times. And the third time that I went, I was like, I got to give them a fair shake. You know, I I don't want to like just slag the general chicken for not being spicy enough whenever I didn't ask, you know, for them to make it. So in the little note, you can put the additional dialogue. It's not additional dialogue, but whatever the little box. Well, you wrote a screenplay. (laughs) Yes, I did. Interior day. Yeah. <laughs> I I put in all caps extremely spicy smiley face and then please make it as spicy as you can. Wow. And okay. you know you make it pretty clear. It's yeah. risky whenever you do that because <laughs> they they can mess you up. They mm-hmm. will do it if they get. To, I think if they they probably look forward to having somebody that really wants it. You know, it's like oh we can do this. Uh, bow. We've talked about this before, but bow bow will really. Go for it with the spiciness, but you have to beg. You have to like really ask them to do it. <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? Can, are you sure you want this? Can you sign this release form first? <laughs> yeah. Then you get it and it's pretty spicy. Yeah, sure. It's nothing insane. So, okay. I asked to them to make it as spicy as they possibly make it. And it was exactly the same, except they put the two little peppers in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do I just swallow these whole or what? I did do that one time when we ate together. Just oh, yeah. Chewed up the I've, pepper. Oh, man. You bad, ever gotten one of those peppers? Bad decision. Oh, yeah. Now, what I did appreciate about this place, though, is at the pickup window, in addition to the little packets of duck sauce and hot mustard, they had the little packets of, like, sriracha, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen before. Totally different brand of mustard and uh, soy sauce and duck sauce than you normally see. Didn't write down what it was. Didn't even do a sauce count. Dang it, Andy. Oh, no. Well, I guess they're not putting the sauce in the bag. We, you know, whenever before the world was over, we used to do a sauce count uh, whenever we would order Chinese food. Three times that I went, one time I had sauce in the bag. Okay. And I can tell you the sauce count was... Four. Three wow. types, four packets, two soy, one mustard, one duck. I That's probably standard. That, yeah. I think that's what people are usually looking for. So what, what did you try, Amos? What was your meal? Ordering for a meditarian as well as you know someone who mostly just eats the seafood. I got the garlic shrimp, mm. which that was probably the, the best entree that we had, the cashew chicken, and then we tried the lobster fried rice mm, because oh. that was something I hadn't had before. I should have known based on it being six bucks for a pint that it was going to be imitation lobster. Yeah, I guess I wasn't really expecting actual lobster, but maybe better than what it was. Sure. Tofu with some red food coloring on the edges. <laughs> yeah, and sweet. I mean, it was like imitation crab, but sweeter. Yeah. Not something that I'd necessarily do again. The cashew, my preference is more of like the crispy, mm-hmm. Absolutely. lighter breading. And this was more like original recipe at KFC. You know, that saltier tends to be a little bit greasier yeah, sure. kind of a breading. But it was better than, I think, a lot of the sort of standard Chinese places that try to, oh, we're in Springfield. We're going to add on a quote-unquote Springfield-style cashew and don't get it at all. This place at least, like, you know, okay, this is closer to fried chicken uh-huh. than, uh, 
you know, doing something that's like tempura battered and throwing oyster sauce on it. Mm-hmm. So it was okay, but it was it was a little greasier and darker than I tend to prefer. Like extra roasted, like wow. even oh, like okay. the, the cashews tasted like they had been like on the verge of being burnt. Oh, which that was li- kind of great. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had them at places where they roast them a little bit longer and it gets kind of a, a sweeter taste to mm. it. But this was just on the verge of burnt. So it was, it was okay, but not, not necessarily something I would go and get again. I'm glad somebody got the cashew mm. chicken. I was interested. But the, the garlic shrimp was pretty good. I wish that I had ordered it much hotter. Well, um, it would have come out the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I would have had to, you know, put the little nuclear symbols in there. But that, that was probably the best. And the thing that I liked about it is, you know, a lot of the Chinese places, when you, you order those dishes that have sort of the standard bunch of vegetables with mm-hmm. them, and it's mostly onion and bamboo shoots. And this at least, I mean, this was a lot of uh, green pepper and carrots and, you know, and, and a pretty good sauce that wasn't overly sweet. Like I said, it would have been great if it had been kicked up a couple of levels. But that was probably the best of the bunch. Nice. I, you know, I'm always a little hesitant for like shrimp uh, at like fast food places because sometimes it can be rubbery. But I don't know. yeah, and whenever it's right, it's it's so good. Yeah, and and this was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't a huge amount of shrimp or sure. anything like that, but it was sort of like halfway breaded. Oh, you know, they, okay. It, it, it's like they had just sort of thrown a little bit of breading at it and then and then fried it in a pan or something so it wasn't heavy you know it wasn't any kind of a thick breading at all and it only sort of stuck to half of the shrimp Uh, but it added a little bit a little bit extra there it was pretty good cool cool Mm. i tried a couple more things there was one thing here that when i used to go i would always get because i found it to be pretty unique among among chinese dishes in springfield (laughs) um it's coconut chicken oh yeah coconut chicken It's got that same gummy fried chicken that we've been talking about, but this time it's got this white, creamy, sweet sauce. I think a lot of places probably have like three sauces they use as the basis for most of their, you know, sauces. We talked about when we went to Hong Kong, and it's like there's just different variations of orange or sweet and sour chicken, Mm. just like the sweet and sour sauce, but some red pepper flakes. Like a teriyaki house where they just don't have any sauce. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Anyway, coconut chicken, the sauce is really unique. It, it only kind of tastes like coconut. We've talked about Thai Express a lot. We are massive Thai Express fans. Right. As you should um, be. Yeah. Um, the Thai Express peanut sauce has more coconut flavor than the Happy China coconut sauce does, but it's still really good. It's kind of hard to explain. It doesn't taste like coconut, but it's so sweet and hmm. creamy. I did not order this here, but I've encountered this mm. before. I think it's an Arkansas thing. Oh, okay. Because years, years and years ago, I, I wrote a story, not just the history of, of cashew chicken, but sort of its spread throughout uh-huh. the country. And at the time, you know, it, it's, it had spread quite a bit down into northern Arkansas. Sure. Uh, one summer, I was working part-time at the newspaper that our parent company owns in Mountain Home, Arkansas. You know, I would be down there three or four days a week trying various different restaurants around town because I didn't have anything else to do after I got done. So I went to a couple of Chinese buffets down there, and they would have this. And I asked a a little bit about it and said, oh, yeah, this is just this is a local thing where they sort of innovated. What other kind of sauce can we throw on this? And down in Arkansas, I guess they love it. To me, it looks like let's throw some white icing on 
our cashew chicken. Yeah. That is wild that and coconut chicken would originate in Arkansas. I mean, and that's it, where coconuts are grown. Oh, so yeah. naturally. Sorry. Those Arkansas coconuts. <laughs> and it looks honestly very questionable to me sitting on a buffet. Um, mm, you know, sure. Here's, here's your chunks <laughs> yeah. of chicken covered in white icing. So it's, it's not my bag, but is there any like toasted coconut on there? Anytime no. I think of even coconut, I, all I think of like is coconut shrimp, which right. is battered and something with a little toasted coconut. But I would be surprised if, you know, the original versions include coconut <laughs> uh-huh. in its natural form at all. I've mm-hmm. seen white coconut cream at the grocery store before, yeah. and almost sounds like you're just or maybe a little that. coconut milk they, as a base. Or sure, something. Yeah. okay, yeah. They they may use some sort of coconut cream or something like that, and just throw a little bit of cornstarch in there to thicken it up, and that's just the sauce. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, this just it doesn't taste that much like coconut. Though. Sure, I don't know. I also tried Szechuan beef, and this time I got the white rice. We didn't talk about the rice. I think that's really important here because it's all the rice is pork fried rice. So I actually got the pork fried rice as my main oh, for my okay. other dish. Um, I figured that. Did, do you know? Did the cashew chicken come with the pork fried rice? All the fried rice is the pork fried rice. If oh, okay. I had if I had ordered the combo. It would have been the choice, but I think I ordered the dinner or something, and so it was just it just defaulted to. And the I think rice. that's okay. what happened with me with the uh, sesame chicken, huh? But this pork fried rice, Andy, I good. So th- it's actually just coming to me now. I this is how I know I had definitely been to Happy China before because I remember the pork fried rice, and I remember that it was served as the standard fried rice, just like I you know, fried rice usually is just going to have the taste of oil. Uh huh. But this fried rice kind of has that like unmistakable porky oil uh-huh. flavor. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they cooked a little like Chinese sausage in the pan to start and then use that oil as a base for the rice. Because uh, it, it's just this like lovely red shreds uh-huh. of pork, big hot chunks of white onion, like cooked almost translucent. I don't think any other vegetables in there. No peas. I didn't they really used sim- to have peas and carrots. Really they don't anymore. I think yeah. it would probably be good. But I, even as a main, this was just kind of so satisfying. Like really the, the actual pork content in there. Not a whole lot. Like it, there's a good amount of the bits, but like you're not getting a chunk of pork. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you could, it's blending in with the texture of the rice. Yeah. Uh, but man, really, really just loved it. I, I like that pork fried rice a lot. Yeah, it's really tasty. Um, the last thing I got was a Szechuan beef with white rice. And the white, the white, I don't know. I thought the white rice was fine. I it's think I'm just not sticky. a white rice guy. Yeah. I just don't think I don't like it. Weren't you saying you were trying to get into it at one point? You were trying to switch over? I don't know. Andy, okay. my, my focus now is fully on being the best vegan I can be <laughs> and being fully keto. Entering, I, I, at the beginning of the year, I decided that I am keto now. Uh, so listeners, feel free to try anything that I had this week and just know that you are entering ketosis as you eat it. So, <laughs> See, the bit, Amos, is that <laughs> since he's keto, um, everything he eats is keto. Yeah. And recently, I've been trying to be vegan as well. I, I don't see a problem with that logic. <laughs> uh, somebody on Twitter did uh, call me out specifically for uh, like being unable to order a vegan dish uh, because of the last few times I've tried. I've just like ordered something with cheese on it mm-hmm. or uh, completely said a different item that just left from my subconscious. Uh, but I'm vegan now, so yeah. don't worry about from that happening anymore. 
I tried the Szechuan beef with white white rice, as mm. I mentioned 10 minutes ago. A lot of veggies in there, carrots, onions, big chunks of green pepper, uh, some kind of green shoot, probably bamboo shoot, sure. something like that. Real spongy beef, real spongy beef. Not a big deal since it's doused with the sauce, but it it's real dry. Without the sauce, it would be real dry. Uh, the sauce is pretty much watered down soy sauce with some crushed red pepper flakes in there. I mean, it's salty. This dish primary taste was, was salt. Um, and I like salt, so it wasn't so bad. No Szechuan flavor. It's called Szechuan beef and had mm. no no Szechuan pepper in it to speak of. You know, Szechuan spice is kind of characterized by a sort of a numbing quality. None of that at all. Wasn't wasn't hot, wasn't spicy. This was okay. It was fine. I don't know. Kind of tasted like a buffet. That kind of buffet blandness. R.I.P. buffets. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Anything else we need to talk about before we rate this place? I don't I mean, how are you guys doing this week? They they did include fortune cookies. Oh, absolutely. Which not every everybody does anymore. Now, so. did you get a chance to open yours? Do you do you remember what it said? They were not the sort of fortunes that I you know, would stick in my wallet. It was pretty generic. I got a few fresh ones right over there. I figured we could do some on air and see what our fortune is. Uh, yeah. Andy, I got you, you've got some right there. Look. I, I ate every fortune cookie that I got. And every single time I went, I'm pretty sure they assumed that I was getting food for two people. Uh, not accurate. Uh, so I did get two fortune cookies, and I only saved two of them. And I'm, I'm displeased to report to you that it was very late at night when I was eating my leftovers one night. We're talking like midnight. been playing a lot of Nintendo. Not a big gamer, but I became one. Amos, because I had so much time on my hands. Um... You know, about midnight, just munching. Realized that I just fully, I ate my fortune. I just popped the cookie in my mouth and wasn't thinking about it. It's like, where's the fortune? I was like, I ate the, I, I was eating this specifically for the fortune. It's like, where'd it go? It's like, oh, I, I didn't even crack it open. I just ate it. I just ate the fortune. So I uh, accidentally ate a pistachio shell a few days ago. Ooh. And so that I have that to worry about now on top of, you know, do I have coronavirus or allergies? <laughs> it's like a ruptured... Or, or is this Intestine. pistachio shell going to kill me? Yeah. These are all characteristically uh, Dan things to, <laughs> to be eating at the speed to where you don't notice you're eating a shell or a tiny piece of paper. Oh, I savored it. And I didn't even... I wasn't eating fast. It wasn't the speed. I was just absentmindedly... I, I literally had the, the fortune from the first one in my hand. It was sure. reading it when I popped the second fortune cookie into my mouth. I don't think I've ever enjoyed eating a fortune cookie. I mean, I've eaten plenty of them, but I've certainly never savored it. it it's uh, w- one of the worst uh, sweet treats there is. <laughs> they're not great. They're, they're really bad. Uh, why, don't, why don't you read one of your fortunes? Okay. I'm going to go and pop this bad boy open while you're doing it. I got it. two, Dan, and I want to think that maybe they're, they're related. I, I believe in fortune cookies, by the way. Canonically, now we're saying this is the truth. I believe in fortune cookies. So that one that you ate, do you, does that bring some sort of bad... Is that a bad omen? I don't know. I guess it depends on what it was. <laughs> so we'll just have to wait and find That's out. That's true. <laughs> An interesting musical opportunities in your near future. Which is pretty wild because I've been trying to put a band back together, Dan. Wow. Great time to put a band together. Mm-hmm. So many opportunities to play live. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know any drummers besides yourself, Dan? <laughs> Um, look, I'm looking for a drummer. (laughs) Dan got the first offer. I only have one drummer friend, and unfortunately, uh, he passed away earlier this year. Uh, Neil Pert. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, (laughs) he actually taught me everything I know. So, if that gives you any indication of his uh, skill level, 
Next one says, you will have much to be thankful for in the coming year. <laughs> you know, my faith is wavering <laughs> in fortune cookies. Be real thankful some drummer sent me a message. You know, I put a thing on Instagram. This is not related to Happy China. Mm -hmm. Sorry, who cares? Put a thing on Instagram. Drummer wanted DM me. Uh Several drummers saw it. (laughs) No one DM'd me. That's the real fun thing about Instagram is you you can't see who sees all those stories and uh, who's just choosing not to respond. What'd you get, Dan? I, the one I just opened here, says, an important discussion involving you will take place today. Little, I mean, I think you opened that about an hour too late. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's a Saturday, so naturally, there's an important discussion happening about me. What well, does it involve you, or is it about you? Uh, it says involve, oh, involving, involving you, you, involving you. So that That's, that means I'm in the discussion. That would apply to I think 95 percent of the people that would open it, open the fortune oh, cookie. Actually, you'll have a conversation later. I. I forget my court date is today, so I, I actually <laughs> need to go right now. <laughs> Amos, what did you get? Well, this is another one that I think is probably overly optimistic. Uh, it says, remember three months from this date, good things are in store for you. Hmm. So wow. it's going to be like October? Yeah. Middle of October? October 11th. October 11th. Let's Listeners, write that down, and we will check back in with you. On yeah. October 11th and see what's up. Yeah, I'm going to guess that it's not going to be great because that's going to be three or four weeks before the election uh-huh. and life is going to be... Wait, there's an election this mm-hmm. year? Busy. Uh, <laughs> the newspaper. <laughs> what, are we, what are we voting on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of voting, wow. let's cast our votes for... <laughs> how many stars? <laughs> how many... What? No, no, you go. You, you're doing it. I don't have anything. How many battlefield gas station takeout mm-hmm. joints would you rate mm-hmm. to Happy China mm-hmm. out of five? Zero to five. I'll go first. Why not? I'm giving it a three. Well, three, I'm going to say 3.5. So I like that fried rice and I like that coconut ch- chicken a lot. You know, there's not there's not a lot here that's like extremely impressive, but it's pretty good. If you're nearby, it's worth checking out. It's definitely, definitely a unique style. There's not anywhere else in town that really tastes like Happy China Taste as far as their you know, chicken and rice dishes. Uh, it's worth checking out for sure, I think. 3.5 from me. Amos, you're our guest. We'll have you go second. Let's, let's get sure. you in a second. I'm going to go right down the middle of the road and, and say two and a half out of five. Okay. I mean, sure. And I think, you know, with the caveat that if I were a college student who lived within a few blocks of this place, it would probably help keep me alive. Absolutely. But as, you know, someone who lives on the north side of town, will I ever drive down there again for Happy China? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) When we have you back, you can pick somewhere on the north side. (laughs) Yes, yeah, please. Drive all the way down. I pretty much agree with both of you. I, th- I think I'm a. I, I was leaning more towards the 3.5 just for how much I like that pork fried rice. Would probably go back for that, um, but really with the, with the proximity to a cashew station there, I think I prefer cashew station. Probably like this more than yum yum bowl though. Haven't reviewed that yet. Mm. Probably won't. Same here. My yeah, brother. <laughs> my my brother sings the praises of yum yum bowl. Oh, okay. really? Okay. 
We'll have to get your brother on. Is your, hey, he, he teaches ESL over at Missouri State. Is your State. brother Phil? My brother we is Phil. We go way back. Wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. Wow. <laughs> he was in the band called Pretty Ugly. We used to play shows together. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> What do you, I knew the moment I saw you. I was like, oh, this is Phil's brother. <laughs> yeah, wait, did we, inv- yeah, did we invite Phil? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time this has happened when we've had a guest walk in. It's like, oh, this is a, this is a sibling yes, of someone yeah. that I've known. Yeah, specifically <laughs> <Right>. to Andy. <laughs> actually, we have actually, we have had guests on that I did not know. They were a sibling of somebody yeah. I know very yeah. well. So Anyway. Fun. Wow. Happy China. Did you, what'd you give it? 3.5? 3.5, Andy. Two, I, I liked Happy China. That averages out to somewhere between 2.5 and 3.5. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I didn't think that you were going to have that off the top <laughs> nope. of your toe whenever you started saying <laughs> Well, it. if you'd have done three, we'd have had an average of three. I knew that. Hey, I, that I, know, the I know. I'm, I'm sorry. It's time for our special guest interview segment now. Wow. Last meal. My absolute favorite segment on the show, Andy. You mean last meal? Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop saying stuff after so I can play the theme. Oh, well. That's what's supposed to happen after I say, last meal. Funny bitch. And what a theme it is, Andy. Wow. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, we lay them in and post, Amos. Yeah, we didn't used to, but but now now it's a post job. Mm -hmm. So our last meal segment, of course, uh, our guest for the week picks what they would like to be their final meal, uh, all locally owned spots, and uh, there's nothing else to the bit, and there never has been. <laughs> <laughs> of course, your last meal is going to consist of a... In no way incendiary or <laughs> potentially troubling <laughs> when you have a public figure as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Let's say hypothetically that if you were mm, on death row... Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, Once we, we could play hypothetical. Yeah, <laughs> if you, uh, you're, you're, what you have to do here is uh, put together a last meal using only items from locally owned mm-hmm. Springfield restaurants. You get a drink, an app, an entree, and a dessert. Wow! And no one that holds office in Springfield has anything to do with your hypothetical death. No. Okay, Amos the, Bridges, the, the, editor in chief of the <laughs> newsletter. Yeah, that, that's probably a good call for this this week. <laughs> Uh, so if this were not hypothetical, I would probably spend a lot more time thinking about it. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But most of these were pretty immediate answers. So for a drink, I'm a beer guy, mm-hmm. and we have a wealth of great local breweries. I would probably try to you know squeeze out more than just one beer, I think. Okay, um, yeah. So if I, if I can bend the rules a little bit there, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll have, I'll have hmm. a beginning beer and then a latter part of the meal beer sure oh, oh that's great. i love, love this, this. Yeah. so i would probably start with uh hazy ipa we've got a couple of great ones i think tiny timber has their juicy brewski yeah that Ooh, is a so favorite good. and then um mother's has that sunshine chug suckle that is also very good i, I have not have e- had either of those one of the best names yeah sunshine chug suckle so i'd probably start out there and then I would try midway through the meal, uh, you know, hold up my empty glass and try warden and try <laughs> to get a uh, Doppelbach, mm. kind of a heavier, sweeter, darker beer. Springfield Brewing Company makes one, and they actually bottle it because I, I picked up a six pack in the 
darker months when we first started sure. quarantining. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's really good. And then White River Brewery, Brewery up there on Commercial yeah. Street, they they do a Doppelbach that they only have in their tasting room, which they did the last time that I went there, which I really like. It's kind of dangerous because it's 9% alcohol content or something. Mm-hmm. And so it's always one of those where like drink one and then like head home before it yeah. hits you or you think about having a second one right or take an uber so uh i i am i've always been told that i have sort of a striking um like similarity to a a composer uh, johan sebastian so i i I guess you could say i'm a bit of a doppelbock as well oof (laughs) (laughs) i really like it dan (laughs) we'll go with it (laughs) I got some twin chickens. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Amos. How about for your well, entree? Your- you guys can invite my brother on at some point and see if you can pick the two of us out of a lineup. I definitely could. <laughs> You're a little taller, right? I'm a little bit taller, and then, well, he still he wears glasses. I wear yeah. contacts. He's a bit of a doppelamus, <laughs> and he's he's got the more you know lustrous curly mm-hmm. hair. Sure. Um, also a good writer. We don't need to talk about your brother anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't need to compare uh, qualifications on that front. You know, he he sticks. He's he's got the public education front, and then I stick to you know the fourth estate. So then for appetizer, I was trying to be a little bit more diverse, but then I just figured, screw it. This is my last meal. I'm sure. gonna eat what I want to eat. Go with your heart. Um, so I would probably go with. The bacon wrapped pepadus from Jim's Steakhouse. Wow. Okay. All right. Which is kind of has been a go to for a long time. My wife and I on anniversaries or whatever, you know, we like to go there. But pepadu peppers with cream cheese and then wrapped in bacon. For the, since she became a vegetarian, I get all the bacon. Yeah. When she when she first told me that she was gonna try becoming a vegetarian, I actually went and bought a bunch of bacon from City Butcher. Uh huh. And brought it home, which was like $18 a pound, or right. and cooked it all up while she was out like shopping or something. She came back, and I'm expecting, like, I'm going to reconvert her back to meat <laughs> with this, you know, ins- by five. insane $18 bacon. And she wasn't convinced, but I was, you know, it just meant I had all of it to eat by myself, mm. which mm. wasn't the worst thing in the world. Well, we're all going to be vegetarians eventually. This is... Now... Yeah. So you're saying that 18 pieces of city butcher bacon is your entree for the uh, last meal? No, I just, I, I just, I just, got, I just was sort of daydreaming about bacon, and it, that's where it led me. So that would be the appetizer, and then entree, easy choice, the Kentucky Hot Brown at Job downtown. Whoa, so, such oh, it's so good. That's my favorite one of all the, the sliders Absol- there, yeah. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, and they and they have the best fries in town. I don't care mm. who I offend with that. And the fry sauce. So I mean, that that right there, perfect meal. I would die happy. We need to talk about what that is. So it's basically like Thanksgiving dinner on a bun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's turkey, brown gravy, and like a little mashed potato patty that mm. is fried. It's a crispy hash brown. On your sandwich, Dan. Wow. <laughs> but with mashed potato insides. Yes. yes. It, it's, and it, it rules. Chun- okay. Chunks of turkey and brown gravy on top, and the whole thing just 
is just perfect. We had we were going to cover them once, and then something happened, and we didn't uh, wind up doing it. We'll do it again some. We'll do it someday. That's yeah. a job I actually like. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is definitely one of my top three. Once we're sort of out of coronavirus land, to definitely hit up. Although I think they've started doing takeout mm. lunch there with sort of a weird hybrid menu from J-O-B and grad school. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. It's both that same that dude. sounds awesome. That same dude owns both places. Yeah, so I, I need to get over there and check that out sometime soon. And then dessert. I was going through various options, but I think I would probably go back to Jim's and get their bread pudding with cinnamon ice cream. I've also had that. Which is <laughs> just great. Andy's a big bread beat, pudding man. guy. Yeah. yeah, and bread pudding is one of those things that, like, you know, I look up recipes online, and I think, oh, I'm going to make this for myself, and I never do, and there's really not any point when I could just go pick it up there. Yeah. It's going to be better. Sure. Other good ones in town. Lindbergh's got a real good bread pudding. Really love the one at the order as well. Mm-hmm. We, we joked about we've joked about having a full episode dedicated to the donut bread pudding at the order. We oh, probably yeah. do have a full episode yeah, dedicated to the donut pudding at the order, and <laughs> I've never had it, but we could clip out segments <laughs> of talking about it. I think it. we've traced the arc of me complaining on the show about <laughs> them reducing the portion size, and then later becoming actual friends with the server that broke sure. that news. Oh, absolutely, Great <laughs> that guy. doesn't matter. <laughs> recommended uh, Shrimp and Bayou Classics to me originally. <laughs> but I, I don't think I've ever made it to dessert at Lindbergh's. So many good choices. I love Lindbergh's. I mean, if you're drinking those Doppelbox there, you got to get out of there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before dessert time. Anyway, those are great choices. Thank you for sharing those yeah, with us. Yeah, no repeats at all, I think, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty wide swath now of uh, last meal choices mm-hmm. from uh, local contenders here. So congrats on not on not doubling up anything because I can tell you it only makes the execution worse. Hypothetically. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if they're having to repeat where they're, oh, they're yeah. picking uh-huh. up the they food. They do not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess that about wraps up the show, doesn't it, Dan? It sure would if we didn't have one more segment to go here, Andy. <laughs> of course, it's a fan favorite segment that we're bringing back this week. A little something we call the Barracuda Enclosure. Barracuda. Man, love that theme. Just played it in my head <laughs> and got to say, it really is one of my favorite themes yeah. in the lexicon here. Of course, the Barracuda Enclosure. Uh, Amos, you probably already know this, but just for our <laughs> listeners, uh, in the Barracuda Enclosure, we speak with a rising star here in Springfield wanting to get their foot in the restaurant circuit. Uh, you know, they say if you can... Make it with a restaurant here in Springfield. You can make it anywhere. That's a big thing I hear a lot of people (laughs) say. Uh, Today, of course, we have with us a brand new guest to the show, hopefully uh, to probably become a fan favorite, uh, Mr. Gordon Stevens. Gordon Stevens, welcome. Hey, guys. It's nice to meet everybody. Uh, Big fan of everybody's work. Uh, I really love the podcast. Uh, uh, Amos, of course, I'm a d- d- avid uh, news reader. Uh, n- never picked up a news leader per se, but I, I do like the news. I so think I, I, I recognize that. your name uh-huh. from the news leader Facebook comments section. Oh, really? Is that right? Uh-huh. What, what kind of stuff was I saying on there? I, you know, I'd, uh, I get pretty parasocial <laughs> with it. I, I'm, 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 I'm very online, as they say. Well, we don't need to get in, sure. into that, but let's just say... You're you're pretty active. You get a lot of a lot of fiery replies. Is that right? Uh-huh. I, I uh, you know I I don't remember a lot of that. It's don't one of my favorite places in town for productive discourse. Oh yes, yeah. 
the only good thing about our comment section is that it's not quite as bad as some of the TV stations' oh. Facebook comment oh, yeah. sections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Uh, you know, I'm, I, 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 of course, I don't want to waste the uh, Barracuda's time here. Uh, Andy and Dan, uh, like I said, big fan of the show, uh, particularly the uh, the the Andy stuff. Actually, Whoa! I'm a particular fan of the of the uh, history segments there and uh, all that. And I, I, I like the. Uh, I like the the chunk there before you guys get into the restaurant. That's usually my favorite part. That, wow. that part at the beginning when you're talking about like a, a, a middle-aged white punk rock band or something <laughs> like that. I r- really love all that stuff. You should write an iTunes review for us. Try to Try to counteract some of the ones that specifically single out. That section. Unfortunately, Andy, I am an Android user, uh, and, I, and I wish I wasn't. And uh, someday, I, if, if I ever do switch, I will absolutely write you a five-star iTunes review here for Spring Fubo because I'm such a big fan of your work. Well, you're here to uh, discuss a new business that mm-hmm. you you want to you want to propose, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm wanting to open a restaurant here in Springfield, as uh, as is the case usually on the uh, Barracuda Enclosure. Big fan of this segment here. Oh goodness, you know. There's not a lot of places out there with people with big... Excuse me. I misspoke. There's not a lot of places out there for people with big appetites like me. As you guys can tell, I'm a pretty big guy. Uh, Tall, wide, uh, just uh, all all the features in your your typical big guy. (laughs) What are typical features of a big guy? You know, arms... (laughs) Arms are plenty. <laughs> All of them have arms. Uh-huh. Like, not, that, yep. That's not technically true. Tall, wide, and deep as well. Oh, yeah. Actually, I didn't even mention that. I am deep, and I'm glad that you got into that third dimension <laughs> there because uh, that is something that normally I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not putting out there, but I am, in, in fact, very deep. Anyway, there's not a lot of restaurants out there with people for uh, people with big appetites like me, so uh, I was wanting to... Uh, I open some place where you could go and uh, you eat as much as you want. You eat until you can't eat anymore. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Uh, so I was thinking uh, with, with the Barracudas backing here with your help and uh, Amos hopefully with a few you know articles in the news leader <laughs> that I'm hoping that you can facilitate. Uh, I was hoping to open a Gordon Stevens full service. Uh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm just nervous to be here on the show today. <laughs> Gordon, Steve, Gordon Stevens's self-service cafeteria. Now, uh, I don't <laughs> a know. self-service cafeteria. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's not very succinct. Uh, well, you know, it's it's cafeteria style, and and I have already secured the location here for it. Uh, it's sort of you have multiple bars of food, kind of food on both sides there, and then people like walk through in line. Uh, not necessarily one line, you know. You kind of break it up to where not everybody's waiting in the same kinda, line. It's kind of like a corral. Uh, yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Uh, it's it's sort of a self service cafeteria. You oh, get yourself okay. a plate there, and then you're gonna serve yourself. And uh, I just, you know. I don't see a lot of places like this for people with big appetites like me where you can eat, you know. Like all that you want to? All that, all that you, you know, actually I think that's kind of a, I might use that in the branding there, the, the all you want to eat. 
That's a good idea, actually. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Gordon Stevens's uh, uh, self-service cafeteria, all you want to eat. Uh, so, you know, I figured I'd get out there. I didn't see really any problems with that. And we're going to have everything is the thing. Like, you go to some of these places, and they only got one type of food. We're going to have all the food. We're, we got sesame chicken, <laughs> cashew chicken, mugu guy pan. <laughs> We got every type of food that you could possibly want in sort of a self-service cafeteria-style setting. Uh, I, th- I don't know if this is the most original idea. Uh, how do you mean? I think we have a few restaurants around like that. Um, I don't think anyone even has a creative a name as your place does. No, well, you don't understand. I mean, it's not just going to be... We're, we're going to have, like, bourbon chicken, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. What sets? Are you familiar with the phrase buffet? Uh, I I've never heard the term. No. Oh, okay. Well, this explains a lot. Mm-hmm. You you ought to Google the the phrase buffet and just see see what you think when you see it. Wow. All right. Yeah, this is looking like pretty much what I'm describing. Well, you know, actually, this this kind of sets us apart. We're gonna have desserts. Uh, <laughs> sort of a yeah. probably like a banana pudding, maybe like a red Jello. Uh, some so, self serve, soft serve, some stuff that can be made in big batches. Oh, like yeah. no, no appetizing desserts. Yeah, just stuff you can make a bunch of. Yeah, but you you don't understand. We're not gonna have like people there serving it to people. You you kind of walk up and there's a spoon in there. Yeah, and you grab um, that and you put it on your own plate. Self service. No, if that's such a great idea right now, trying to you know be conscious of germs. Oh no, I, well, I've already thought about that. You see, I I, I was hoping you guys would mention this. Oh. At my uh, self-service cafeteria here, whatever you go up there, we're, there's going to be sort of a plexiglass shield uh, so up near your face area. You don't want it to go down too low because then you're going to bang the spoon on it whenever you're trying to get <laughs> the uh, the food there. Uh, so this one's just mostly up high. It's, it's going to kind of protect and, uh, I guess, guard from like if you were to sneeze. Uh, it, then none of those germs from your sneezes are going to get all over the food. I'm not okay. So does everyone have to bring their own spoon or their own ladle, or how's that? Oh, gonna, no, I mean, that doesn't seem very not. sanitary. No, no uh, or you get stuff mixed together on the end of the ladle, and all your dishes mixed together. Uh, I mean, did, I don't think you understand the the plexiglass. Now, if you <laughs> sneeze, it's going to stop all of your sneeze from getting on the the food okay there. i got that but like what about your hands touching the ladle after someone else's hand has touched it now i'm not from around here so do, do y'all have some kind of problem with like t- touching stuff after one another I, this doesn't seem like a big deal to me i mean i i'm from out of the area though so is I mean, there something going on that would it was already a reasonable phobia uh-huh. before it became a, a national inter- international global public health crisis but yeah i think we're all pretty conscious of uh touching things other people have touched global health crisis now i'm not from around here so i i, I wouldn't not from know around anything about that the globe well you know I, I do come from a different realm of sorts wait hang on a second yep what do you what realm 
Arkansas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a, that is a funny joke. They are they are a little weird down there in the uh, Ozark Hills. No, I am uh, of course from the Shadow Realm. Uh, Wait, anyway, they, you know they don't have a they don't have a restaurants like this where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> please, please do not reach for my phone there. Andy. <laughs> uh, you know I'm just I'm just wanting to open up a place where you you, you get this self service cafeteria. Nah, let's pack up. No. <laughs> Andy, I, the I don't think, shadow realm. Yes, I am from the shadow realm, of course, and we don't have restaurants like this, which I'm sure is what you're getting to. My little uh, nephews, I think, are pretty in touch with the shadow realms. Like they, they think their shadows are separate entities from themselves. Is that like the kind of person you are? I mean, I didn't really notice your dark complexion. No, no, walked um, in here. No, the shadow realm, it, it really has nothing to do with shadows unless you're talking about, uh, like, uh, I do have a friend who does have sort of a shadowy exterior. His name's Smoke. Uh, anyway, you know, you Feel just free to chime in if you want. <laughs> Any questions? I'm just wondering if this is like the dark web or. Ooh. No, 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 nothing like that. You know, uh, I'm you. Hey. I, I'm just here to talk about my restaurant. You know, I, I like to I like to get in there, and uh, I, I just want the people to have the same experience as me, big guys like me. And you you get you get your hand uh, on the spoon there, and you're serving yourself some bourbon chicken, and you got your other hand grabbing some fried rice, and you got your other hand grabbing Wait. like a ladle of sauce, and then you got that that other hand there, uh, and that's just balancing the whole tray. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Hang on, how many hands was that? Well, uh, I mean, four, like most big guys. Are you, are you Goro? Oh, well, I mean, uh, yes. Okay, so Andy is revealing something here. You might, y'all might recognize, know me better by my uh, stage name, Goro I Stevens. I couldn't tell for your trench coat. It's gotta, yeah. be, it's gotta be real hard for you to find. Oh, big guy like me, that's just about all you can wear. Uh, I, of course, smoke. was the uh, basis for the character Goro in the Mortal Kombat series. That also takes place in the Shadow Realm there. Did you play those games? It's been a little while, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I was... I portrayed myself there in the uh, in the Paul Anderson film uh, of, of the same name. And uh, you actually might know me from... Uh, some of your listeners might know me from my uh, short-lived uh, telenovela series uh, where I, you know, it, it was kind of a almost semi-autobiographical. It was after I had won the uh, the big prize there at uh, uh, the, the Mortal Kombat tournament in the Shadow Realm. Uh, after I was already a first place winner, I, I sort of put on some pounds and I had to adjust to life as a family man. And, uh, my show there was called uh, Goro El Gordo. <laughs> oh, my. Is that on streaming on Netflix or anything? <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, you cannot find that anywhere. But if you are, were watching uh, Telemundo in, a, in around uh, 2013, you, you would have probably seen that. Uh, That's my brother probably was doing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure that your brother uh, will be one of the few listeners that does find that joke pretty funny. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Actually, 
you know, I, I would love to stick around and hear what you Barracudas have to say. I mean, I've already pretty much secured the financing. I just wanted to know if any of you wanted <laughs> Who's financing? a hand in this. Uh, well, that's actually why I got to go. I'm getting a, a, a text from my business partner here from Shao Kahn. Uh, it turns the, uh, <laughs> the, the fryer is uh, is on the fritz again. So I got to get out there. We I'd say about uh, 30% of our menu there is, is uh, fryer So uh, we're, we're going to take a pretty big hit there. But yeah, go ahead and stop by anytime. Gordon Stevens's uh, self-service cafeteria there on the uh, corner of the Shadow Realm and part Central East. <laughs> thanks for coming, Gordon. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, thank you for leaving so quick. <laughs> well, Amos, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting restaurant concept, you know, rather than focusing on a couple of things and doing them well. Sure. Just try everything. Yeah. And specifically for f- f- people with four appendages. Well, specifically for big guys. Like big, him. <laughs> big guys. Yeah. yeah. They got arms. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you for real for coming to do this, Amos. So absolutely. Seems like you maybe didn't know what you're get, getting into. <laughs> and I appreciate you just being game for it. Absolutely. It's part of the part of the job cool, man. <laughs> you, never know, you never know what you're walking into this is probably it's, some kind of gotcha not, journalism no, situation yes, is yeah. going to blow the top off spring food mo and the yeah. news leader next week it's not the weirdest thing that i've uh walked into on a saturday morning what's that what would that be oh i don't know i've tried to block a lot of that a lot of that out <laughs> <laughs> let me just ask you what What's the story? I don't know. It's like a hack question, but like, what's what have you? What story have you done that you're the most proud of ever, or a few of them? Oh wow! Um, you know, it's nice when you write something and it ends up resulting in some change. Uh-huh. You know, I can think of a few things. It's not. It's not a fun topic. It, it, you it's know, okay. folks who are folks who are into the shadow realm are not going to be all that interested <laughs> in the. Well, I was going to cut this to the beginning of the show, like, but uh, not anymore. <laughs> You know, they're not going to be all that interested in Springfield's, like, you know, pension problems. But I wrote a lot about that back in 2009 and w- was proud of that work. It was it was fairly complicated. And so the focus was trying to take it and make it as understandable and uncomplicated as uh-huh. possible. And it was a, you know, I don't remember, a couple hundred million dollar problem wow. for, this, for the city. That was a fun one to work on for, God, I mean, uh, over a year of my life. Wow. Nobody wants to hear about it anymore, <laughs> which is is kind of interesting, but but that one early in my career, you know, I wrote a couple of stories. I wrote one about a uh, teenager here in town, Chad Donson, whose name will always be with me, I think, who died in kind of tragic circumstances, and I spent a lot of time kind of digging into the circumstances around his death, which was kind of in in part due to some actions that were taken by the ambulance that came and picked him up. Wow. Mm. And kind of a string of poor decisions there. And, you know, if, if not for the work that I had done, that wouldn't have ever come to light. Sure. I mean, it would have been just another sure. 12-year-old, you know, that died uh-huh. from breathing problems. You know, and there are a few others like that that, that kind of stick with you over the years. And then just, you know weird things like writing about cashew chicken or skeletons that they find in old uh the odd fellows mm. which is a i don't think there are very many left but an organization similar to like the shriners or the uh-huh. masons and back when i first started 
we got a call from a cheerleading coach. She and her cheerleading squad had found a bunch of skeletons in an old whoa, building whoa, in downtown, yeah. I think it was Houston, Missouri, or Kabul, somewhere in Texas County. And so digging into that, which was just wild. Figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they had a had a skeleton that they ended up bringing here to Springfield to have it uh, examined at Missouri State. And it turns out that uh, it's fairly common to find old skeletons in these old uh, lodges because they would use them. They would purchase like medical skeletons usually and use them in their initiation Right. Oh. So, like, you know, put you in a dark room with a skeleton and you're confronting your mortality or oh. something. And uh, I have been through a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the standard. I mean, that's, you know, before the, the health concerns arose, that's how we typically used to initiate uh, new guests to the show. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's, you know, it's interesting just the, those strange things that you turn up and end up spending, you know, a few days or a couple of weeks of your professional life working on um, and, and digging into some of that strange history. And, and I've enjoyed that even since moving into being an editor, you know, working with reporters. One of the first series that I helped edit uh, as a manager was about kind of the history of methamphetamine mm. in Springfield and sort of, we called it the man who reinvented meth. I I read that 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 was a very yeah. that was very interesting. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, a lot of people read that, uh, which was great. And then you know another one of our columnists, I, Steve Pokin. I worked with him when he wrote a big wow. series. I was going to ask you about Pokin. The He's, we talk about him all the time. Yeah. Okay. We love Pokin. <laughs> but uh, you know he he did a series of stories about a man who had been imprisoned for murdering his wife. And, uh, you know, really dug into some some problems with that prosecution and with that case. And, you know, he ended up being released from prison. Whoa. Incredible. Which was a big deal. It's often fun to be Steve Pokin's editor uh-huh. because he, he digs up some crazy things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, or, the or, world's or, oldest or, pickle. <laughs> or, the world's <laughs> oldest pickle. Or, you know, he turns in a column about uh, trying to buy cars at Walmart and, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> kind of got to go through that and make sure that there aren't any unintended uh, um, double we, entendres. You don't want any holes in the piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped the mic and threw his hands in the air. We're late enough in the episode that I think I probably just have to leave that in. So we've had a little bit of an arc with Steve Pokin on the show mm-hmm. because early on we would sort of like make fun of him for being corny. But now... After reading a bunch of his writing that was over ignorance. the history of... Yeah, absolutely. Fully on That's, my part. And now, like, I absolutely love him and realize that he is in on the joke almost always. He's so funny. So he's both funny and, like, empathetic and can, like, find the story in just about anything. He's kind of... A, not kind of. I don't know why I'm couching it. He's an incredible writer. Like, I just love he's awesome. Steve Pokin. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a good editor. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> No, he, I, w- I would say that, you know, nine times out of ten, Steve is in on the joke, and then occasionally he'll he'll come across something that we have to, you know, the, the 20-somethings at the office have to tell him, like, uh, go Google that, Pokin. <laughs> Poke around a little but, further. But, but maybe, wait and t- maybe wait until Human Resources isn't, isn't around. Oh, boy. Um, 
you know, it, it's always fun when he runs across some slang that he wasn't familiar oh, with. Right. Incredible. Uh, well, we do occasionally we'll do a segment called Cold Pokin and where we will just find an old Steve Pokin article and, and read it and talk about it as we read it. We should have done it with it's you. It's one on of here. my favorite. We really should have done it. I love it. <laughs> I was a little well, afraid. You, you should. Ha- yeah, you should have Steve on sometime. He should. Oh. Yeah, w- open invitation. Yes. Yeah. I also want to ask you about Lyle Foster. He used to wrote it, write a column. I think every Wednesday, or every other Wednesday, or something like that. Because we did Big Mama's just last week. His coffee shop. Sure. Okay. I really loved his writing too, and I don't. I don't have any more to ask other than just if you want to talk about him a little bit yeah and and i think when lyle had a uh, had a column for the paper that was before my time as editor and so i I wasn't really involved with the columnist at that point but i know lyle from back years ago when i lived on commercial street he's been a a great guy and and he's got i think some really interesting experiences and perspectives Uh so he was a great columnist for us i don't know how he ended up not writing columns Uh I, i have a feeling just became really busy sure I mean, he was uh, in charge of CARES Act funding in Springfield. Like, he was doing that just recently. Like, he seems like a dude who keeps really busy. Yeah, I think he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of businesses, and he, I think he teaches at Missouri State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know his son a little bit. Who, we talked about this all last week, but I know his son a little bit, too, and he's equally fascinating. And I've never met Lyle. I would love to because he just seems like a wonderful human mm-hmm. being, just judging by his writing and the stuff he's contributed to the community. He just seems like a cool guy. That's why I wanted to ask you about it. <laughs> No, I think the only the only columnist that I'm responsible for so far is I've recruited former mayor Bob Stevens mm. t- to write some columns yeah. for us. He's got some interesting insight into how local government works, a variety of opinions that he's not uh-huh. af- afraid to to express, which is is always good in a columnist. And then I you know, I figured if I get him to write for the paper, he won't call me up and complain quite so much <laughs> about what's in the paper. Sure. So Man, this doesn't have to make the episode, but did you all publish the the Justin Burnett editorial last week or was that somewhere else? I think it might not have been a newsletter thing. I think we did. No, I think we you did. did. It was. Yeah, okay. We, so he, he posted a preview of it. He posted it before it was published and I read the, the preview version or whatever and then I yeah. didn't know where it came out after that. So This was an editorial about masking, yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I read your tweet about I think you were. You said you were furloughed, but if you weren't furloughed, you would be strongly considering some sort of editorial about masking. Yeah, which uh, we're we're in favor of. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I tend to be fairly conservative about writing editorials, yeah. just because one, you know, I come more from a the news background, and so I tend to think that that's the best thing that we have to offer as the newspaper is not our opinions on things but just the factual reporting uh-huh. and, and we give then we let folk you know folks make their own decisions that was one i was thinking about because it seemed like there was a lot of talk about masking but they weren't kind of getting there to the point of okay let's have a debate mm. and have a vote you know whichever way that goes but this is something that we probably shouldn't keep ignoring you know it was one where it went from kind of slow 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 okay all at once everybody's talking you know everybody's taking masking votes and uh-huh. the, the the effort here in Springfield started to kind of snowball. So we'll uh, see what happens on Monday. I think yeah. they have... This I've, comes out Tuesday. So this will... The big meeting with over 100 mm. speakers 
will have happened uh, hopefully last night. Hopefully it's done by the time that this airs. <laughs> um, I think they have something like 100 people signed yeah. up to speak. This, this when, post, are we, when are we slotted? This post... <laughs> we're at 1 a.m. So <laughs> actually, the last one. Yeah. No, the, the episode will post at uh, midnight on, on Tuesday. So the meeting very well might be going on unless they call a call it and reconvene or something. I don't know how that stuff works, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting issue because there are so many, uh, you know, it's it's become sort of politicized and partisan um, in in some respects, but there's just so much, you know, so many other little sort of social threads that that are involved in this, and you know, kind of the Ozarks independent kind of a nature, you know, that that has a long history here. Um, as well as, you know, I think this is a community that is very used to looking out for other people and and reaching out um, to the folks who are in need. Yeah. Uh, this is this one's a little bit more difficult to, I think, for some folks to get their head around because it's not, it's kind of an invisible problem uh-huh. in a lot of ways. Yeah. It feels and, like an abstract rather than a concrete problem, yeah. especially here where yeah. I think other places it yeah. is, it's a concrete problem when you hear sirens all the time. And then you add on top of that, I mean, it's, there's this whole sort of angle that's like high school peer pressure, you know, like you, you go into a store and if three quarters of the people are wearing masks, you're probably going to put on a mask, uh-huh. but you go into a store and three quarters aren't wearing masks and then you're you know you're the dork that i put in on a mask i've had to legitimately like reanalyze like who whose opinions i truly like care about because i i've felt that like heavily yeah so there's you know it's it's a it's a really complicated thing um and i think that the the city has gone about it in a in a a pretty deliberate and methodical manner but you know there's so much information yeah. coming at us mm-hmm. even just this week uh, you know the, the the spike in cases and both hospitals um, recommending both hospital systems publicly recommending yeah. masking and and that's when you know yeah. that's where i think i think we've been really fortunate here in springfield is to have uh, you know folks in the medical community who have been so transparent you know i think steve edwards over there at cox is like you know if if we start something like the Springfield equivalent of a Nobel Prize or something, I think he's probably in the running. Sure. Um, or if he had any any interest in running for public office, which I'm sure he he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I think it's it's been helpful to have folks who are so willing to kind of get up get out there in the public and talk about these things. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming to the show, and thank you even more for. Uh all the work that you do at your job. I love the news. I don't know if I've talked about that. Did I just say that? I don't know. I remember we've, I've been an archive subscriber for a couple of years, just working on it for the show. But I recently, I think maybe four months ago or something, just saw one of the ads on the, on the site for three months for however, whatever oh, yeah. little price. I was like, yeah. this is more than worth the money. Like I feel so much more informed just checking. You send a little daily briefing. I don't, yeah. You do it personally, right? <laughs> you write up the morning <laughs> yes, email. Yes. No, uh, I love the morning email. Like I, I get it, and I look down the headlines, and then as I'm um, have a, have an open video conference because I'm teaching from home right now, and no one's no one's logging in, I'll just go through and read them all. And I can't recommend enough that people subscribe to the newsletter and support what you're doing. Yeah. So. Well, we we certainly appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's it's more and more important. To, a lot of our business is kind of tied to how well the local economy is is doing and uh-huh. how local businesses are doing and so that's been 
we have suffered a little bit as they have over the last few months, but those, you know, those subscriptions, both online and in print, really help. What pay. do you mean by print? Print? Huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the, yeah this paper thing that we send out through the you know no, delivery I, drivers. I desperately <laughs> I thought, I thought the term it. newspaper was like a, a metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> I I miss print media, even though as I acknowledge the uh, environmentally. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of catastrophic environmentally sure. if you don't recycle your papers, which yeah. I don't think most people do, unfortunately. Well, it's an interesting transition because we've got, you know, a, a big chunk of our readers are, you know, diehard print fans. Uh-huh. And it's that that physical act of mm-hmm. opening the paper in the morning. That's how they start their day. And they you know really prefer reading it in that medium. Then we've got a chunk of folks who, you know, the idea of reading something not on their phone is kind of foreign. You know, I can understand that too. And I personally, I'm, I'm sort of uh, in this weird, you know, maybe Gen X dinosaur land where like I like to read on my desktop. Sure. Computer. Oh, you know? yeah. Me too. That's, that's where I, I do yeah. it. Yeah. That's sort of my preferred method. And so, you know, we, we try to, to make the news convenient and accessible in all those formats and it's a you know it's a juggling act but you know for the most part i think we're able to to get folks the news in in the way that they that they prefer it if we, you could just get that newspaper smell to be replicated <laughs> on the desktop version I, i'd be all well, in. i, is, I just, love the smell of a fresh newspaper yeah if you, if you get a touch screen you can just scratch it <laughs> yes, there uh. we go <laughs> Got a wrecked yeah. touch, touch screen monitor now from <laughs> yeah, my yeah. daily article. You just have to scratch harder. <laughs> yeah. No, no, please don't do that, or, or at least don't send me the bill. Well, thanks again, Amos. And just just a quick reminder to listeners: um, if you want to subscribe to the Tower Club, you get two bonus episodes oh, yeah. a month. It's five dollars a month, and mm-hmm. half of which goes to the Ozarks Food Harvest. Absolutely. The other half goes straight to us, baby. Oh yeah, the other half just lines <laughs> our pockets. Wow. Last week, our bonus episode was uh, we went to the newly reopened Shrimp and Bayou Classics, mm-hmm. SBC. It was more a review of our time standing in line to get it than Absolutely. it was of the food. Yeah. And I still really love that episode. So, oh boy. And then a couple of weeks, we're going to review several new restaurants in town for a <laughs> what you eat in segment. Absolutely. So, uh, Pretty excited for that one. Towerclub.springfoodpod.com. We have a lot of fun on those episodes. They're much less edited. In fact, not edited at all. Mm-hmm. No bad words. Just uh, a lot of ums and uhs and pauses and that all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. People love those ums. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they go yum for the ums. Anyway, uh, thank you for the fifth time, Amos, for being on the show. Yes, thank you so much. We'll have to have we you really back. Happy to come. And you know what? I don't know if you know people at KY3, but ask why they won't let their people come on. <laughs> No comment. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to hear two bonus episodes per month, join the Spring Food Mo Tower Club. Go to towerclub.springfoodpod.com. On one episode, we talk about whatever, and on the other, we review all the new restaurants in town. Joining the Tower Club is only $5 a month. Half of that helps us put on the podcast, and the other half is donated to Ozarks Food Harvest to help fight hunger in the Ozarks. So you're saying listeners can donate money to a good cause and get two more episodes of our dumb show? That's what I'm saying, Dan. $5 a month at towerclub.springfoodpod.com. Cool. Thanks for the money. <laughs> <laughs>
Springfield Media. I don't know, Dan. I don't think it's time to revive the themes just yet. We used to have little themes, Amos, for, for Crab Rangoon and whatnot. It, yeah. was, it was terrible. We started off 2019 with a full month of Chinese restaurants, and uh, all of our listeners uh, stopped doing so. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stop listening. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, boy, what what a month that was. Come mm-hmm. came up with little themes for everything, but those are gone now. Yeah. We, it, I think those ended it, with weird that that was twenty years ago. Wow. <laughs> twenty nineteen. Okay, Dan, you ready? You ready to talk? 